Hey guys, it's Ashley Kirkwood with the Currency of Confidence podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to level up your confidence and convert it into currency for your business and professional life. I'm your host, Attorney Ashley Kirkwood, owner of Mobile General Counsel, the law firm for entrepreneurs, influencers, and startup companies. Let's dive right in. Today's topic was hotly requested, and it's one on salary negotiation. Who can't use a little help in this area, okay? Now, some of you may be wondering, why am I talking about salary negotiation? What qualifies me to do so? Well, I negotiated my salary for the first time when I was 17 years old. Yeah. No, maybe 16. Oh, actually, yeah, I was 16, 16 years old. And I was negotiating with two big companies. One was Siemens Building Technologies and the other was Walgreens. And at this point, you know, I was an intern at the University of Illinois College of Business. And I learned then the power of being in demand. So I often tell students, if you are going after internships and you want to make sure that you get the most money out of your internship, one, know your industry. Know whether or not your industry pays interns. Two, get in demand. Get as many job offers with as many reputable companies as possible. And I say reputable, and more so than reputable, I mean if you can get offers from two competitive companies, and this is for interns and in any other field, business, law, finance, then it's going to mean a little bit more than having an offer from like McDonald's to work for $10 an hour and then having an offer to do an internship at Walgreens corporate. Those aren't apples to apples. So because of that, it's going to be more difficult for you to go to Walgreens and say like, hey, pay me more. I could be a cashier at McDonald's this summer if you don't do this what I need, which is just not going to work more than likely. So that is kind of the thing. So this episode, we're going to go over the five things to know about salary negotiation. I started negotiating my salary very early, which is which is great because it gave me the confidence to do it later in life. The biggest salary negotiation I've ever done for myself has been a $60,000 raise um, where I negotiated, I guess, to be specific, I negotiated $70,000 more than what the initial offer was for the law firm in addition to additional perks and benefits. So that's pretty good. Pretty good, right? (laughs) And since then, I've been studying salary negotiation, why certain groups negotiate, why certain groups don't. And when you think about pay equity, wage equity, um, things that women and minorities face all the time, you have to consider the fact that there are certain groups of people, namely white men, who often go into these corporations expecting more and thus they're paid more because they expect and ask for more. Now, there's also data that shows that the initial offer made to a white man is much higher than that made to a man of color, a black man, um, an Asian man. A white woman or a black woman. So there's a little bit of that as well. But one of the things that we are responsible for as entrepreneurs, and of course, I'm always going to tell you all there's imposter syndrome, there's all these different things that we deal with. But what we are responsible for is what we require from others. The way that we require others to treat us is what we are responsible for. So we have to be asking for the things that we want, including a salary. If you want a higher salary, ask for a higher salary. And your reasoning for not asking can't be I'm scared and it can't be, well, the company's racist. 
you want to at least give your company the opportunity to do the right thing, to make the right decision, to give you what you're worth. If you've never asked them, it's very difficult for you to say, the company wouldn't treat me right when you never asked them to do, now treat you right by way of salary. If you've never even asked for a raise and then you leave and you go somewhere else, it's just not, I think the best course of action would be to ask. There's a lot of reasons why people don't ask, but I can tell you this. I've never accepted the first offer from any employer in my adult life. I don't think. <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs. So I have to think. I don't believe, right? <laughs> so what that can, and because of that, I can tell you this. I've never lost, now this is what I can say with certainty. I've never lost a job offer due to asking for more money. Never. I've never had a company say, we are reneging on your job offer because you have requested too much money. Never. That's never happened. So I do believe that the fear of what if I lose the job is unjustified. It's unjustified. I think that, you know, that's something to keep in mind because a lot of people tell me, you know, my career before being a lawyer was as a career consultant. I own my own career consulting company. And a lot of people would tell me, well, I'm scared. What if they take away my job offer and, and I want to go in on the right foot? That has a lot to do with the way you ask, not what you ask. So I don't recommend going in to the salary negotiation with an extremely haughty spirit, like you need me, take it or leave it. Now, I say that, but there has been a time where I've done that and it did work. And that was a large salary negotiation that I negotiated. So I do think... You have to be polite, you have to be kind, you have to be humble, you have to know your your facts and your figures, but you also want to make sure that you are asking for what you want. And there's no need to do so in a mealy-moused way, but know the culture of your company. That'll determine the tone at which you negotiate. <clears throat> All right, let's get started. All right, so the five steps to salary negotiation, here we go. Number one, know your figures, know your figures. So you have to know what the average salary is in your field. And then you wanna find out what the average salary is for your particular position. So what do they typically pay entry-level associates in your position? What are the typical offerings for entry-level associates in your position? And at, here's how you find that information. Glassdoor typically has figures. They're not always correct, but that's somewhere to start. You can Google average salary for an accountant. Those figures aren't always exact, but it's a good place to start. LinkedIn actually has self-reported salary data now, I think if you have the premium account. So look into that. That's another great place to look for the figures for your particular position. And I think LinkedIn drills down a little bit more than Glassdoor because it's self-reported. So you can do a lot more with those figures. And the other, the best way to do it, honestly, would be to talk to someone pretty junior in the field and see whether they'll do some recon for you. Now, ideally, you want this to be someone you know or someone you have a strong association with. So look for people in your alumni association, see whether they can introduce you to someone and help you out. But you want to get the figures right because you don't want to come in like $200,000 above what they even offer for the job, right? That's what you do not want to do. So get your figures right. Find your figures. Second, get rid of the fear that if you ask for more money in a job, they'll fire you. That's not realistic. It's just not realistic in today's day and age. But along with this, have another offer. 
This is the leverage that you have. Most people don't fail to salary negotiate because they're scared. They fail to salary negotiate because they don't, well, I guess this is fear. They don't believe that they're qualified for the position and they don't believe there's so much in demand in the market that they can negotiate a bigger salary. Full disclosure, my largest negotiation, the one I told you I was like 70 grand over the initial offer of the company came because I knew the company wanted me. And it came because I had another offer. I had another option. They wanted me to leave my great job and come work for their company, which was not as great as my current company. So at that point, you know, I knew that I needed to do that. I knew that I had at least a little bit of leverage to negotiate. So if you're not in that position, you don't love your current job. Um, here's what I'd recommend. One, if you have a current job and you're interviewing, you always have somewhere that you can go. Here's here's a couple of techniques to get, get you that leverage that you need. First step, go to your current employer and say, hey, after you have another job offer, go to your current employer and say, hey, there's another company that has been trying to recruit me. Now, you all know that I love it here. I don't want to leave, but they've made me an offer that's hard to refuse. Will you be willing to increase my salary by $20,000? Notice what and how I said that. I didn't say they made me an offer for $20,000 more. Will you match it? I said they've made me an offer that it's hard to refuse. Would you all be willing to pay me $20,000 more than blah, blah, blah? Why did I say it like that? Because one, you don't, you don't have, your employer has no right to know what your other offer is. There's no legal reason you have to tell them anything. When you negotiate, you want to divulge you don't want to divulge too much information. You want to divulge enough information and you want to be precise in your language. Employers are not supposed to let, like they're not supposed to release your salary information. That information is supposed to be confidential. However, employers are individ, like employers are made up of individuals and people talk. So you don't want to tell them exactly what your other offer was. Like you, you don't even need to get into all that. Now, if they say, What's the other offer? You could then say, look, it's a great offer. I have it in writing. I'm not comfortable giving you all the figures, but I could turn it down if you are willing to do this and give them whatever your figure is because it's not about what the other offer is. It's about what you need to stay at the employer. Here's the downside to this. What if they don't give you the money you're asking for? Are you prepared to leave? Some companies won't. I've gone to my, I've gone to companies and been like, look, they're going to do this. Are you all going to match it? And they were like, no. And I was like, cool, I'm, I'm gone then. <laughs> like easy. So it's fine for you to have this conversation with your current employer to give you leverage with negotiating with your potentially new employer. But you want to make sure that if you have the risk of having that conversation and doing it in that way is that your current employer may think that now you're a disloyal employee. And although they may not get rid of you and they may not terminate you for it, they may start looking at you differently. So if you're going to have this conversation, it's really important that one, you have it with someone ideally higher up in the company that you, and you can go to them in confidence and say, Hey Bill, I love working here. I have this other offer. I, you know, because of some familial expenses, I really do need more money. I don't want to leave. Do you think the company will do this? Is there any when you can ask and do some digging for me behind the scenes to see whether this is even a possibility and who I should be speaking with. Now, I say someone you trust. This is why it's important to have mentors and sponsors and organizations who can tell you the real, 
because I didn't go to the head of HR at my company. I went to a trusted advisor at my firm and was like, are they going to match this? And he was like, no. He was like, let me do some digging, but I don't think so because it causes all these problems and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, great. Thanks for the info. And he was an awesome person. So you want to have someone that you trust that you can have that conversation with because in order to get the leverage to really negotiate the way you need to, right, you are going to need You're going to need another you're going to need another offer. You can do it without having another offer, but I think you have the most leverage when you have another offer. You have the actually you have the you have leverage when you have another offer. You have the best leverage when you have two amazing offers between competitor companies. That's when the leverage is good. That's when you have, you know, they they not only want you, but they also want to stick it to the other guy. Like that's kind of where you want to be in some regards. So if you are interviewing with pharmaceutical companies, look at who are the biggest pharmaceutical companies and try to get offers from those guys, both of those guys. All right. So know your figures. Get over the fear of asking for more money. And third, get leverage, get leverage, get leverage. That's important. So figure out how you can get leverage. Either get two job offers, get get a higher offer from your current employer, do something so that you have the leverage to negotiate. And you don't need leverage, but leverage, I find, gives people more confidence to have the right negotiation conversation. Third, when you are actually negotiating, now we're in the thick of it. When you're actually negotiating, start with cash. Start with cash. You can buy all the benefits in the world, but start with cash. Start with the cash offer. They're going to make you an offer. They're going to come in at $60,000 a year or $70,000 a year. Or for me, it was like $180,000 a year. You you're, you want your counter to be cash-based, and you really want it to be salary-based, right? So the first start is, can I have a high? Would I, I appreciate the offer. This is an amazing offer. I'm honored to even receive the offer. I think this is great. Would you mind? um, This is great. At the current time, you know, based on what I'm looking at in my experience, would you all be able to come in $50,000 higher? I need my base salary to be here. Is that a conversation we can have? Question mark. I prefer to do this via email. If you have to do it via phone, do it via phone. But if you have to do it via phone and you're uncomfortable with the conversation, write a script of what you're going to say. That'll help a lot. And just read it. The initial ask, just read it verbatim. Boom, you've got it out. Start with cash. Start with base salary. Now, if they say, no, we can't do that base salary, go to signing bonus. Go to signing bonus. Get the money up front. Nothing wrong with that. Get the money up front. Okay, I understand you can't do it in a base. Would you be able to do a signing bonus of $70,000? That would still get me closer to where I'm used to being. If they say, um, you know, no, we can't do a signing bonus in that amount, what amount would your company feel comfortable with coming in with a signing bonus? What, what, what amount are you comfortable with? Get them talking. Get them throwing out numbers. Get them conversing. Get them get get the conversation going okay now after they come back with their figure if they come back with a figure at all you can counter that figure stick with cash until it's impracticable now when they start saying like okay I'm gonna be honest this is the best we can do we can't do anything other than that then you say all right I totally understand let me think about this take 24 hours and then after you leave from cash this is the fourth the the fifth tip I believe move to benefits Move to benefits. Figure out whether you can get additional vacation days. Figure out whether you can have um, 
transportation benefits, if that's not already included, figure out whether they can increase your professional development benefit. Let them know there are five conferences you want to go to for your professional development. You've written out the cost of those conferences. It comes out to $25,000. You want a professional development budget of $25,000 to cover expenses. Go to benefits. Negotiate benefits. Now, if they say no to everything, but this is the job of your dreams, this is the job you want, now, if they say no to everything, then your the, your last step is to ask them, would it be possible to renegotiate this offer after a year of proving your value to the company? I can't see why a company, I've never had a company say, no, we can't renegotiate in a year. Traditionally, that gives you time to crush it. You go there, you crush it, you do everything you're supposed to do, and then you rene- renegotiate at the end of a year. This should be your last stop though. What I see a lot is people give up early and a lot of that deals with imposter syndrome, not believing in yourself, your confidence, which is why I think it is valuable to have leverage, to have another offer, to have something else that you'd be willing to take. So that's kind of the five or the six steps really The five things you should know about salary negotiation. Number one, get your figures in order. Number two, get over the fear get over the fear. Number three, get leverage, whether that be another job offer with a competitor company or whether that is renegotiating your current offer such that it is so great that the new employer may actually match it. Number four, start with cash when you're doing your actual negotiation. Start with base salary, go to bonus, renegotiate the bonus. Then if they don't do the bonus, go to professional development budgets, get the cash, get the cash, then move to benefits. Don't leave the cash and the benefits conversation too soon. But if it looks like they won't do anything and you really want to take the job, tell them you appreciate everything that they've done. And even having this conversation, you know that these conversations are never easy for either side. But say, I would love to prove my value to yourself. This is the fifth step negotiate for your renegotiation at a later date. Most companies won't deny you that. In your first year in the game, crush it. Do everything you said you were going to do and more and come in stronger with that renegotiation. And what I find is that when people do this, they are even more passionate about their jobs for a year because they know when they crush it, they've already set themselves up to have the money conversation again. And it's very challenging to have the money conversation for a lot of people. So negotiating that renegotiation before you get to the company is going to be integral to making sure you actually have it. And it puts everyone on the same page. So I hope you all have found this very helpful. This is Ashley Nicole Kirkwood with the Currency of Confidence podcast, the podcast that helps you to level up your confidence, have the courageous and confident conversations and get exactly what you want out of your life and make more money in your business and professional life. Join me next time for another impactful episode. And if you would like to give me a tip about what you'd like me to talk about, email me at admin at passionpurposeandpaychecks.com. That's admin at passionpurposeandpaychecks.com. Follow me on Instagram at the currency of confidence or at the Ashley Nicole show. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.